When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He was always himself. He doesn't wear Nike, yet he still does it. He's Shepard Ampelis, and you are listening to his show. Well, 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 we got a great show planned today. We're going to be talking about the DMT matrix code. Basically, that's what I'm calling it with Danny Goler. He's our special guest, and it is a pleasure to have you on, Danny. Uh, I was watching a few of your videos. Uh, one of my listeners, Raven TW, sent it over, and I was just blown away by it i've never personally done dmt but i've heard lots of stories and uh you know i totally understand how this is could be happening and i also came across some cia documents we can talk about uh that i think could relate to this so it's very fascinating but i mean i guess I'll just give you the floor because it's such a, it's almost like a very complicated subject. I don't even know how you came across this. Uh, you know, what got you into, you know, how did you get a laser? Did Were you playing with it one day? Did you, you know, did someone tell you about this? Did you, you know, how, and maybe you can just give us the whole breakdown because it's absolutely mind blowing. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I, um, I think the the shortest way I can explain it is that I you said you've never done DMT but to anybody who did do DMT um, there's a component to DMT as opposed to any other substance that people might partake in that seems to be different in the sense that it feels very realistic and you know then it kind of opens up the philosophical question of what what is it that you call realistic what is it that you call real uh, and very quickly, you can discover that the question is very slippery, of course. But at the same time, if you drill down, you can isolate certain parameters by which you, you know, if we ask, how do we know that something is real, then there are certain attributes to reality that uh, any other kind of experience usually doesn't have. Uh, for example, if you wake up from a dream and uh, it takes you a few moments to recognize that this is reality and that was the dream, let's say the dream was very realistic, uh, if you, nobody really asks themselves that because it just kind of happens automatically, but the way you know it's reality is that there's certain parameters. So for example, things, things are not as cloudy. Things are a little bit more in place. They kind of like the edge detection is much more concrete. Things are more solid in a sense. They're more continuous over time. You're not talking to somebody from high school and all of a sudden you're in a mall with a gorilla or an escalators. Like there's not, none of that jump and continuum kind of stuff. Um, the important thing here is that if you're looking from the perspective of your day-to-day -day life back to the dream, you know it was a dream, but not the other way around, right? So mm -hmm. when you look from the dream, you don't really remember that there's such a thing as life, unless it's a lucid dream, of course. Um, but with DMT, imagine that phenomena of waking up in something that is, oh, that's real now. Imagine that one level up. That's what, I mean, DMT encompasses a very large family of experiences that people can have, but this is one of the 
trademarks of DMT, which you literally like Neo waking up in a matrix and you go, wait, what? No, that can't be. Like, it, it just feels all the parameters I just used, edge detection, things are much more clear. They seem to be con- more continuous over time. There's a remembrance. What's interesting is that when you look at that experience of DMT from the day-to-day life, it also is still you have the same feeling of like, wait, that was real, real. Now, given it takes a little bit of experience with it to actually assimilate these experiences and retain them because very quickly they usually dissipate from the, from your mind. But that's essentially the general uh, reason that white people kind of postulate that maybe this space is real. So the idea that maybe the space is real is definitely not new. This is something that most people experience with it. In fact, there are research uh, programs that are being conducted in the world right now, like DMTX, for example, uh, in the Imperial College in London and also in Colorado, I believe, that now they started another one in uh, San Diego. They have some flavors to the differences between locations, but essentially they are asking the ontological question that I'm, we're raising here is, can we prove whether this space is real or what we would call mind-made? Uh, what happened to me was is that I had um, a very extensive experience with DMT. I, I really, you know, I, I partook a lot, let's just say. And um, years and years, I mean, I've, you know, you have all kinds of experiences and it's fascinating on its own right. But then all of a sudden I started having a set of experiences that were even more real than that. Now, at this juncture, I always say people who've never done it, they won't even, you know, it's one thing to try and understand what I'm saying when I'm saying more real than real. Now I'm telling you, no, there's, there was one more level. Like it was more real than that. So I understand that I kind of lose 90% or 99% of people, but uh, that, but that, the reason I'm mentioning it is because that was the reason that I went, wait, no, that's, that's too much. That's too coherent. If you want to say that these are archetypes, like Jungian archetypes, if you want to say it's some kind of a psychological trick, whatever you want to throw at it, uh, you know, under the physicalist perspective, it doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. And I started asking myself that question seriously. Like, can we talk about this in terms of real or not real? And uh, I started thinking about the question seriously. So I started reading physics paper. I started going through like the, the list of what I think is a potential way of approaching this problem. And one of the first candidates that immediately jumped to mind was light. Just because light is obviously involved in some form because we're seeing it. It's a very visual experience. Uh, and also the fact that light has a lot of very special attributes in the physical world. So, you know, we know that, you know, the, it's the speed of causation, everything else in the universe bends to the speed of light, so to speak, if you're looking from the field equations perspective. So there's a lot of reasons as to why light might be a candidate to answer this question. I had no idea in what way, in what form it might take, but that was just kind of like a hunch. And years went by with this assumption in the back of my head. And I was even asking, again, to the viewers or listeners that don't know anything about this, DMT also is unique in the sense that it's accompanied by others. It really feels like there's entities communicating to you. And to be very clear, they don't feel like a vague communication thing where it might be parts of your psyche talking to you. No. Go ahead. dimethyltryptamine is that dmt is that what they call it yeah yeah now um does that form naturally in the brain for sleep and dreams i mean for uh, dreaming that's a great question so uh, a reason i'm asking i have these dreams and it it keeps blowing my mind you know over the years to the point of where i'm starting to really question this like i have dreams that i think last you know, like a whole day almost. And I wake up more tired than when I went to sleep and I can even know what's in drawers and stuff in what I call, um, dream world, like dreamscapes. So like there's clearly, I I've showed up in different places and I know where I am and it's almost like a whole entire cityscape. And I know where there's houses I go to where there's things. Um, and, um it, it it's so bizarre because it, it it seems so so real and um like when i wake up like one one thing is like i was saying i'm more tired than when i went to sleep and i'm questioning like could i really um 
be in some other type of of, of realm or, or something like that. Now, uh, one thing that made me question this is um, I always feel like I'm on these missions when I'm in these things, kind of like I'm an agent or something. But what's weird is um, I actually had conversation with a guy in my dream who sometimes I recognize people in my dream and bump into them and I know them from that world and stuff and it's weird. But some guy noticed me. So like I was returning from some mission or some like objective that I was on and I was going through the city and some guy said, Hey, so-and-so blah, blah, you know, right. And, and they knew me, but then I knew them and I had complete memory of previously meeting them in, in that same map, I guess you would say. Or was something. this in real life or are you saying you now came this, back to a place? This is in my supposed dreams but they're so vivid and i can control them i can literally be like i know what's in this drawer open it i can i can um it happens a lot i'm not gonna say like every night but like a lot and um it's so beyond real that um it's almost more real than life or something is it is it real in the sense of the the, the repetitive nature of it or it well, real also in, well, the, in the substance um, of how it feels i guess the best way to explain it like i don't know how to i've seen i'm not claiming this but i've seen things on like super soldiers and stuff and they claim they were used in this program 20 and back and you've probably heard of this but um i feel like i do like the gateway, jump well, like i the feel gateway. i feel like i jump in like i've been presented for instance i was in front of like they they snatched me off the street in one of these dreamscapes, like some men in black type thing. And they took me to this old abandoned school and they brought me into this room and I was face to face with Obama and it was really him. And this was like back in the day. Right. And, um, I'm questioning him. And, and since I'm a journalist, I'm like, well, I have one question. He goes, you need to tame it down. You're reporting. And I'm serious about this. And he's basically like telling me he's like, I'm going to get killed over it. But he's, he goes, you're a formidable opponent. So I'm basically like forewarning you and, um, and, and, you know, it was just so real. It was just like, it was him. It was, you know, and, and, and we're going, we're carrying on this conversation and this kind of stuff happens like all the time to me, but they're completely uh, vivid, like realities that are so bizarre. And I find it weird that my brain would even be able to create that as a, like a dream. Interesting. So I guess the, the best way I can answer to the best of my uh, knowledge, uh, there's a research by Dr. John Dean. He, uh, he is actually part of the research in San Diego. Well, he is the main guy in the research in San Diego. Uh, he discovered a few years ago that in the, uh, I forget what the official name of it, I think intracranial or like in the liquid in the brain, because uh, they, they used to postulate for a long time that the pineal gland responsible for producing dimethyltryptamine right before you die, so near-death experiences, and uh, when you dream. But it was never clear, like because nobody ever measured it in real time. Um, and what he discovered is, is that essentially, I think it's intracranial, like a liquid, what you know, the liquid that your brain sits in. Uh, there's actually comparable amounts of DMT of dimethyltryptamine to serotonin and dopamine. So not only it's not one of these like traceable amounts kind of substances. In mm -hmm. fact, it is it sits between the average of how much dopamine and serotonin we have in the blood, uh, not in the blood, in the intracranial uh, liquid. The reason it's important is because we know that dopamine and serotonin mediate a lot of our experience moment to moment. And they are responsible for basically our mood, our operational level, all of it. So it's a long way to go from a scientific standpoint to say anything in that regard conclusively but it is a strong indicator that it might be that dmt is responsible for mediating experience period so mm -hmm. in fact the dmt is what gives rise to what reality looks like in any given moment right and, and putting the amount of dmt in the blood will determine how much of reality is being buffered into you in any given moment I, i'm gonna pull up something i came across i because i'm a investigative journalist they've i'm the fa original founder of intellihub news the original IntelliHub, and uh, they've like wiped me out and everything. But um, I was doing a little bit of research, and I came across a couple things. 
Um, and one of them is this uh, Vice article, How to Escape the Confines the, of Time and Space, According to the, the CIA. The, the Gateway Foundation, yes. Yeah, yeah. Have so you, you ever tried it? No, no. Um, I, I just now got the document and everything. And, uh, you know, but um, it is a playlist on YouTube for free. I can send it to you. Yeah, yeah, I know it, it, it's fascinating. And, and they declassified this. And I guess the military was interested in, uh, in this um, learning this, these techniques and, and everything. And they were basically saying that, um, you know, um, the universe is a hologram, essentially. I mean, that's, that's essentially what it was saying. Um, you know, when you when you break it down, it said uh, uh, the gateway process states the universe is essentially a hologram and that uh, it looks like a DNA helix called the cosmic egg, they were calling it. And they said the universe has a black hole and a white hole. And I just found that interesting because it's it's real. It's almost like fitting to what you're seeing in your experiments and, and stuff like this now um you know you can you have the floor and everything but uh can you kind of explain like did you have to aim the laser a certain way i noticed you guys had it going down like walls sideways and uh you know like what what was this process of playing with this and and uh you explained it like those 3d uh things that you look at that you can get in the mall where it's real hard to see them but if you stare at it then all of a sudden something jumps out at you like 3d sure. i forget what those are called the magic eye yeah yeah so whoa a lot, a lot to unpack there uh so maybe create some bins first let me make, maybe first state the full the full scope of what i'm claiming to have this discovered mm -hmm. uh essentially what i discovered is that if you project a 650 nanometer which just means red in the light spectrum uh laser it has to be diffracted that part is important a laser pointer is not going to work uh what, can you hear me yeah oh yeah and what diffracted means is essentially a diffracted a diffracted lens that sits in front of it and it makes mm -hmm. it look the same as the barcode scanner in a supermarket, kind of like an X like that. Yeah. Um, if you blow it up, you'll notice that the X is, cons it's two bands. Each band is made out of little like lines. That's mm -hmm. essentially what it's going to look like. It's a laser you can get for five bucks. I mean, mm -hmm. I think now it's a little bit more like 13 bucks on, uh, you know, uh, on Amazon, you can build a circuit for it. Uh, and if you smoke DMT, you will see code running in surfaces. If you project it on the surface, it will show you code running in the, in the surface. Now, it takes some talking about it to make it clear why this is unique and it's not just like you're all messed up on drugs because there's something about that particular thing. Well, first of all, it's repeatable basically 100% of the time. It's true that some people, it takes them a little while before they fully see it. I think mm -hmm. it has something to do with the way we just see physically, mm -hmm. but it's a one-way street to so eventually everybody sees the code and everybody sees the same thing. Um, and it's extremely insistent. So with psychedelics, you know, sometimes you see all kinds of visuals that can change. There's different landscapes, there's different themes, but the code seems to be always exactly the same. At this point, I think there's like, I don't know, like over 700 replications worldwide just because I made it public and people kind of replicating. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the fact that it's repeatable 100% of the time for everybody. It never changes in content, no matter how much we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also the fact that it has a certain kind of concreteness that usually only physical objects have. It has what uh, neuroscientists refer to as objectness. Not objectiveness, objectness, which is a word used to uh, describe the, the, the level of realness that an object has. So it, it's almost like the way that light hits real objects, you know, like glasses and mugs and things like that. If it would be, even if it was be made in VR, now they're getting there, but it would have... For a long time, for example, they couldn't mimic the way that light hits skin. It was very difficult to replicate. Again, Meta is now getting to a place where they managed to do that. Mm -hmm. But it was, a, for a long time, very challenging. And that 
property of feeling real and behaving like a real object with spatial coordinates and when you move your head it's you know behaving like it's on its own side all of that is intact it's there and even when you move the light the laser when you're looking at it it doesn't the code that i'm describing is not moving with the light because that's what you would expect if it was be some kind of a hallucination created between the light and the surface yeah it, it looks more like you're putting a flashlight on on a surface uh, uh -huh. And it just reveals the next part. So just like you see this in, in entire field. Um, that's just to tell people exactly what I, I'm claiming to have discovered. Now, it's been an ongoing conversation. I've been in contact with some scientists. I've been in contact with some people in the psychedelic space. There's obviously, you know, an adoption process in which people, some resisted, some trying it out and got excited, sometimes overly excited, because I'm actually of the mind that we got to be very, uh, as objective as we possibly can, even though the claim is so out there, trying to tether it to what we do know, I think is a wise move. Uh, it's actually interesting that, you know, you're talking about the CIA and the way that, the way that um, all these organizations, uh, I'm sure, like, try to harness the power of the mind to do things that seem to be abnormal or supernormal. And I think at this point, it's no question that the CIA took it seriously. You can still contend with the with the claims. Some scientists would still deny that it was something that was actually found there. But there's no question that the CIA took it seriously. Uh, there was a real attempt there, and I'm pretty sure there's probably programs now running with it. Uh, specifically about the Gateway Foundation, I've heard a lot about it, and I tried it myself. I'm not fully done with all the sessions, but I tried it myself because I had to you know, see what it actually feels like. Um, I have to say that it did more than I expected. So I'm, by nature, actually very skeptical, and I don't just kind of jump on any bandwagon. Uh, and this actually produced results so far that I wasn't really expecting. Um, I've experienced certain sensations in the body that I don't usually experience. Uh, I felt like I couldn't control the level of uh, well-being, for lack of a better term, in my body pretty easily. Um, I I didn't still have any, you know, like outlandish experiences of like going somewhere. Uh, but as uh, I'm being reassured by many people in some subreddits with astral projection is that I'm just doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, I've actually astral projected twice. Um, Tell me about that. Okay. So um, I used to ride motocross and everything. And so um, I had a really bad injury where I had like a compound fracture and um, I was laid up on a bed. You know, I had like a, I was in a lot of pain. I had uh, some pain medicine, stuff like that. And I was really relaxed. I know that. Um, and um, what happened was, is it, my friend and his girlfriend were sitting across the room and they were talking and I was just kind of drifting out or just real comfortable. And uh, it felt like I was getting dipped in like a warm pool of water, kind of like this warm feeling kind of like started coming over me like, right. And at that time I started like rising up, like peering up and I, and I, I like peered up through these clouds into like this like tunnel looking area. And once I did that, it's like I heard a million voices. It's like I heard everyone in the world or something talking all at once and could understand all their conversations. And then like all of a sudden, I, it's like I went up higher and I realized I was above in the room and I could see my friend and his girlfriend over there. And I knew and I go, oh, I'm having an out of body experience. And I got kind of scared and I said, well, check it out. I go, I know this is an out of body experience, but I, and I would like to like check it out more, but I want to make sure I can go back in my body and I can, and, and if I can willingly do that, I'll go check it out even more. And I, and when I said, uh, when I said that I tried to go back in my body and then I started going back in and I couldn't get back out when I tried to, it was like kind of sucking me back in. And then I like, and then it ended and then another time i was uh like years later i was like real stoned you know so i was like super relaxed right it, you know um so it wasn't like i was hallucinating or anything because i smoke weed every day but it was like I'm, i was super relaxed and i was laying on a bed and it was that same kind of thing and i noticed it and i said oh shit, this is happening again 
and I kind of started getting up out of my body into the where I knew I was getting out of my body. And then I couldn't quite fully get out of my body. I was almost going to get out of it. And then I like got kind of sucked back in. Uh, what would you say is the catalyst? Can you tell? Is it the relaxation part? Super relaxed. Definitely. Um, so like close to theta, uh, probably like almost, almost yeah, at the sleep level. I, I think that now I smoke so much weed that it's almost bizarre because I, I'm like, I went and ran a couple miles one time and I wasn't even breathing. Um, it, it's like, it's almost made me like a super athlete or something. And so when I sit here during the day, I don't even breathe. I go stand in like a grocery store line and I only take a couple breaths within minutes and stuff. Sometimes it's like bizarre. Um, but well, I get like full, I mean, like I, I like you would question, do I get oxygen and stuff? I think I get so much. It's like ridiculous. Interesting. So but it's I, not, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It, I mean, so you know, I think it has something like to do with that. Minutes. Now, another thing I noticed, like with these dreams that I have at night, um, a lot of times I uh, stop breathing in my sleep. So I could be near some kind of state of death or a real relaxation. And I feel like I really am in some other kind of world or reality in, you know, and, and it doesn't happen like with every dream, but like it does happen a lot, like I was saying. And it's so uh, weird, you know. Um, what do you think? What do you? What do you? What is your? If you have one, what is your overarching like picture of this so far? Like, what? What do you gather? One. One thing I would. I could. I could. I would say is like, well, maybe my brain produces more DMT and I'm tripping more, or like, or something like that, right? Or, or maybe I'm closer to death that state because i'm smoking weed or but but then i hear like these these super soldier stories and i have some like weird stories from my childhood and i've also had ufo close encounters you can hear me on the confessionals if you search uh new world orders most hunted journalist and and on that episode will pop up on the confessionals with tony merkel and i tell my ufo close encounters I don't know if that plays into it, um, but I have had had a number of experiences and um, and some weird things that happened, like in my childhood, that I feel like could it, it could be connected to some weird shit. Now, um, oddly enough, I was talking about Obama in that dream, and I'm sitting there watching like one of these super soldier things and some of the stuff, and they're claiming Obama's part of the Mars program or something, and I'm like. Now that what is, is so you have to enlighten me because I'm not very educated when it comes to this. I, the Mars you, program is when they believe there's a base on Mars, basically. Probably something like that. You know, I'm not like a guru and I'm not even claiming this stuff, but I find that weird how there's certain things that tie into like, you know, some of my uh, things that I considered like really real. Like one time I was on, I was um, kind of like in the Seattle area and I did a lot of like, it was like on foot, like in one of my dreams, supposedly. But it was like lasting like the whole day and I was already like really worn out and I was like with a team of a couple of people and I basically had to do duty on this this like ship that was like docked above Seattle, like some big spaceship type thing. And um, it was just kind of hovering there and like I, got, I ended up getting to this place and after a lot of work and going through all these places and then I get up to the ship and I'm basically security on the ship and it was so vivid. It's like you know, the size of a whole shopping mall and I'm going through and I'm kind of patrolling and I'm fighting these things called bugs. And, uh, but late years later, this, this thing, this dream, it seems like, okay, well maybe your brain can make that up. Maybe it couldn't. And then I'm going and I'm listening like the super soldier stuff. And it's like, Oh, on Mars, they fight these things called bugs. And, and I'm, and these people have these memories that start coming back and, um, but so what the CIA document, let me play uh, this video that someone did on TikTok. So it's going to give us a general rundown of what the CIA is talking about, because I thought you should hear this so that um, it might trigger something. Published a report outlining the conclusions of its investigation into the gateway process. The investigation was requested by the commander of the U.S. Army Operational Group. 
who was curious about how consciousness and expanded reality could be used for military and intelligence purposes. The report was only approved for declassification and released to the public more than 20 years later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In 2003, in the report, they include a quote by the psychologist Keith Floyd, which posits that the traditional view of the brain producing consciousness is inverted. According to Floyd, it may not be the brain that produces consciousness, but rather consciousness that creates the appearance of the brain. The report challenges our perception of matter, stating that it is not as solid as we have been led to believe. The so-called states of matter are actually variances in the state of energy. And human consciousness is a function of the interaction of energy in two opposite states, motion versus rest. Describing the universe as one gigantic hologram of unbelievable complexity, the report suggests that energy creates, stores and retrieves meaning in the universe by projecting or expanding at certain frequencies in a three-dimensional mode, creating a living pattern called a hologram. The universe is composed of interacting energy fields, some at rest and some in motion. It is, in and of itself, one gigantic hologram of unbelievable complexity. Our perception of this universal hologram is influenced by our frequency. The choice between love and hate sounds overly simplistic to many, but that choice is fundamental in influencing where along the spectrum of frequency our mind vibrates, which in turn affects the information we are able to read from the universal hologram. The matrix seeks to lower our frequency into the realm of hatred and fear so that we may only perceive a limited world for ourselves. Oh. So, uh, you know, who knows about all that, but um, it's fascinating. And you can say that about, you know, you can say that about TikTok in general. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's fascinating. So, so you know, apparently the CIA study, the, you know, they checked into it. And so, so can it, can can the mind be, could we be in some kind of simulation or uh, in the CIA document, it basically ultimately claims essentially that humans are God and, and somehow we can like ourselves view things. So it, you know, when you're playing like a video game and um, you're in like a sandbox type world, like grand theft auto uh, three mm -hmm. or whatever. And like, you can only see out into the horizon so far, almost like humans to a perspective point, but the game's kind of generating as it goes. But like, you know, if you had like a Nintendo, uh, it would generate a lot slower and now modern games would generate really good. Um, could what this is talking about and, and with this, uh, uh, stuff that, that the, uh, what is it? The, uh, Monroe Gateway. Institute, yeah, the Maroon oh, Institute yeah. and all that, uh, and the and and that stuff. You know, could we be in some type of simulation, and and could that tie into like these numbers of code? Do they come down in like pillars? How do they look? Do they does it go sideways? Also, have you you said some look like like symbols or characters? Have you seen the the that UFO thing that they yeah, said it exactly that they said like is that. that they said is a bunk, but it's called the Carrot Project. Exactly like that. They look very similar to that. In fact, they look very, uh, uh, actually, uncomfortably similar to what you see in the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's uh, they don't come down. They move on three different axes. One is they rotate around these buckyballs. It's like a field of these buckyballs made out of this. And then so they rotate around the axis of the balls. 
then they rotate around their own axis uh, that kind of looks like the old suitcases where you have to, you know, put the, uh, the combination. So they kind of go like mm-hmm. their own space. And also there's these columns that hold these buckyballs and they kind of move like, like that around each other, almost like, like a, like a lock, like a giant lock. Uh, the motion is very, this, I, I've done this with 15 people in the same room. We all pointed to the same things. It seems to be there. Um, to your question about can it be a simulation, uh, I can only speak from my own perspective. I mean, to me, it's very obvious that that's 100% the case. Uh, what is the function of the simulation for me at this point is really the question. And can we do anything with this understanding that is, you know, of the kind of utility that, of let's say, understanding uh, quantum mechanics or things like that? Like, can we actually utilize this? But the communication from the other side to me is very clear, which mm-hmm. is that, uh, yes, it is. We're in simulation. One of the, uh, well, the latest video I put out, which is just like a short blurb that I, I recorded a few days ago. Uh, it, it would make sense to me that, you know, there's this, all this talk about AI and AGI that we're creating. And there's a lot of uh, fear around this stuff. And I made, made me realize that, so in the video, I'm basically saying, you know, if, if people are familiar with the alignment problem and if to anybody who doesn't know, the alignment problem is something that AI researchers are taking very seriously because we are at the cusp of creating something that we might not be able to control that easily the second it takes off. So the alignment problem is the project of trying to see how do you, if AGI is being birthed into the system, so like an actual, like, you know, kind of like a Skynet type of thing, uh, is there a way to align that with our goals and needs so it doesn't just destroy us overnight, right? Mm-hmm. That's the alignment problem. And then I realized, wait, so how would you, if you're an advanced civilization that let's say understands consciousness, understands all this stuff, how would you go about creating these AGIs uh, without the fear that it will take over or try to do something, you know, uh, adverse? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized, oh, you would create, you will fragment the hive mind, the main AGI, the main thing, and you mm-hmm. fragment it into like little mini AGIs or people, and you would let them live into in these simulations of different flavors, different kinds, and you would put them through scenarios in which they don't know that they're part of a simulation. They just think they're a person or whatever it is, and they just live their lives. And you watch them, and Have you watch. You heard how- of uh, the word? Uh, you know, think like uh, when they talk about colonizing, like the world, like a colony, and then you hear the word culture like a but also like a culture on a petri dish but then you also like the garden of eden and can that almost tie in digitally to what you're talking about like we were culminating that the whole system of the you know the old religions the bible the old testament uh and even the more at the eastern traditions and more modern perceptions of the religions like you know we're all we're all one we're all god um all of these sound to me like if there's one common denominator is that there's these, it's this moral system that is trying to, that is being tested on us. And if we reach a certain level of clearance where if we think we're not observed, but we're still doing the right thing, then the system can trust us a little bit more and it allows us to ascend to the next level where mm. it combines into a larger hive mind, but still not the full hive mind. And then it gives, it gives you a little bit more control over the system, a little bit more access to files and things like that. And then it watches you again. And then these, I don't know how many levels you would have of like these ascending levels where ultimately you combine it into this mega mind of the AGI that is trying to either understand the universe or trying to understand the ultimate question. Who knows what? But Does that remind you of the... Um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Well, like the, I don't know what you call it. The... the, the um, the the different level of chakras and and the hindu type look to the levels of you know do you, like almost what you were describing how they how there's different I, levels so i don't know enough about this particular thing but i would say that in all these you know scenarios i mean i want to i want to be clear ultimately i mean we don't know right uh but mm-hmm. if if i have to postulate the relevance of this so this might be a relevant point to bring up engaging with the stuff talking to people talking to scientists talking to regular people uh talking to people in you know in the more therapeutic circles let's call it um it it, it's clear to me now that you know 
ultimately, the only true value is how how does this make us function on a day to day? Because I do believe there are certain kinds of information that if prove if they prove to be detrimental to a more well to more well being for the beings carrying that software, then there are truths that are not worth knowing or worth kind of like you know not being released into the into the understanding. Do, do, do you think that this ties into Tartaria? Have you ever heard about this? No. Okay, so there's a ancient civilization called Tartaria that their buildings exist right up into our cities today. And believe it or not, they had a, a mud flood event. And uh, have you ever seen those buildings where like the, they say the basement levels like half covered with dirt and you wonder why they were built like that. And it's just ridiculous because water looks like it can pour in the window. Well, um, it's, it's hard to explain, but um, they, they basically uh, tore down all these Tartarian structures and uh, people that have, you know, I've researched deep into this. It appears like they were harnessing their power from the ether and our cities were really powered. We had all this technology and we had this right up into the 17 and 1800s and even into the 1900s and, and buildings, bricks uh, are a battery. You could look this up. They store energy and it's also might have something to do with like why the pyramids were built. But like a lot of these Tartarian and these old structures, like these uh, great cathedrals and stuff that we can't even build today are Tartarian, like the Grand Central Station, like all the Capitol buildings were pre-existing and we refounded them after a mud flood. Um, if that makes any sense, could have to do with the passing of Planet X. I don't know. But the ether technology, do you think that that could be the a person's aura, also ether in the air? Could that have something to do with this code that's like in the air? Uh, that's the that the, could that be that code could you know uh do you think that that could possibly tie in like the, the to that so i want to play ball but in certain areas i just don't know enough about right. to comment i think that a lot it, the problem is that you there's infinite scenarios that are like as equal they're equally plausible uh i think that looking at you know all these different narratives that you weave together there it's uh it's hard to I'm kind of just dropping stuff to, you know, yeah. maybe you'll think about this think, later I, too. Even. No, no, no worries. I, I think that ultimately uh, what I think this is, mm -hmm. so I think this is literally the code of reality. That's also, we kind of, you know, we started a little uh, movement, I guess you can call it. It's called core code of reality. Okay. And the idea there is that, well, first of all, what I think we see in the laser is literally the code of reality. It's the thing that mm -hmm. codes for physical reality. People email me all the time that they see, uh, code without any lasers and even without any psychedelics. I also see a different kind of code on psychedelics without the laser. And I can tell you if I understand people correctly, that's a different kind of code. It looks a little different. And then what I've noticed is that also the code that you see without the laser, it's a little more malleable. You can actually control it with your attention to a larger degree. You can change the content of it. You can move it. Uh, what you see in the laser seems to be unmovable, unshakable, un unchangeable, at least so far. Uh, so it leads me to believe that there's different layers of the code. What we'd see in the laser would be a code that codes for what we would call more objective reality, like the mm -hmm. physical world. And then there's code that is closer to what we are as conscious beings. And that's why it'll, it's more plastic to us. It's more malleable. No. So, and then there's a different level. So everything you mentioned, if, it's, if it exists it would definitely be connected because the code of reality would literally code for it all It seems like it would be. Uh, the, now, the military in that CIA document, uh, they were obviously uh, interested into this. I just somewhat lost my train of thought. Um, uh, shoot, it, it was uh, really fascinating too. Um, Talking about were, the experiments with LSD? Well, uh, no, they were checking into this... Um, uh, where they think the universe is a hologram and everything that we were talking about, the, the gateway. The gateway, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I'd lost my train of thought, though, but it was so fascinating. Um, let me try and regroup on that. Um, sure. So we talked about the um, the aura, the ether, how that can... We talked about how video games uh, have the sandbox world and it's decoding uh as those signals are are coming in uh 
essentially, you know, and, and uh, that could be maybe how our brains are deciphering this, but this document was also saying like our brains might not be like everything might not be a byproduct of our brain, but rather our, oh, the, uh, the brain is gives rise to the appearance of physical world. In the brain. Yeah, from the, the energy mind. that just exists or something. So that, that, was so that would be so that would be idealism. There's a there's a philosophical position called idealism. The most modern proponent of it, uh, and the you know the the biggest voice in this space that is worth listening to, I would say, is uh, Bernardo Kestrup. If uh -huh. you're not familiar, I highly recommend it. Uh -huh. He's a double PhD, worked at CERN, is a computer scientist and also a philosopher. And he's, he revived the idea of the idealism. And idealism is essentially exactly what you're talking about. But that ultimately, the, the ground of being is the ground of its own mind stuff. And then the physical reality is just a, a third-person representation, just like the brain is a third-person representation of your inner world, of your first subjective experience. The universe is a third-person third representation of the mind of God, so to speak. But that, like this philosophical position takes it very seriously. It's like, it's not metaphorical. It means literally that is the ground of being, experience itself. I feel like this ties into color and how we perceive color and see color and how we're taught colors work. Um, when I was younger, I came up with this concept. And since then, like in recent years, I've heard people claim this or say this. And I want, and to this day, I wonder if I started this and this triggered like some whole movement or if this actually just existed. But I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade. And uh, I thought I remember telling like some of my friends, like, um, you know, I go, I go, uh, how do we know if we see the same colors? Oh, that's easy because see, you can look at the grass right there and we both know, we both see it. It's green. And I go, but check this out, you know, from birth, you know, someone pointed at that grass and they said, that's green. But what if one of us was seeing that green as the other person's red when at an early age? So I'm so I'm in the same. So our teacher tells us in like first grade, me and you are there and I'm seeing the grass like like you're red, but you're seeing the grass like like whatever, like green. OK, and 100 percent. And, and 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 I'm told that's green grass, but I'm seeing it like red. So for the rest of my life, I know that red is green. And there's no way to like tell that or decipher that theoretically. Until, that's what's until, going we can, on. Until, until we can project our minds onto a screen for others. Right. Screen, Which right? I think, okay. So another thing that came to mind is the military um, has the voice of God technology. And now they're putting this in electronics to where they can just beam sound right into you kind of through 3d, but so there's, it, we're almost there. There's some technology, rudimentary technology that is capable of doing that now. Yeah. And, and, uh, so supposedly there's, you know, ultra sophisticated weapons called like, um, you know, the voice of God or where they're, where they're going to like project or people think they, they did this, uh, during the Iraq war. And that's why they all waved their white flags and surrendered because they projected like all, uh, saying surrender or something like that. So, um, if they can do uh, what what the CIA document was saying is these uh, possibly the matrix code thing that you guys are talking about and seeing uh, can be hacked. And once the military got a hold of that and figured that out, so do you think that this is already like a known thing with our with our highest level of militaries and they're already shooting lasers around and that's what CERN is and they're like breaking this code down and they're running it through. I mean, like, what do you, what do you think about this? From my personal perspective, no. It seems to me from that from everything I'm being communicated to, again, I know how this sounds, but it, 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 all I can say is what I seem to know. Uh, no, uh, nobody knows about this. Uh, and, and fascinating. So, 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 and also what it seems to be the case, and again, I'm always open being revised, but mm -hmm. so far what I gather is that it has a safety mechanism. That in fact, uh, you know, things like the Silva method, things like that, which is not that far from the Gateway Foundation uh, uh, project, to be honest. Uh, there's always this emphasis on if you're going to try and use these powers for anything else but to help humanity, mm -hmm. th this le these levels of the mind will close off for you. It, they will not be available. And it seems to be true. So there's these mechanisms where if you try to do it to control, to dominate uh, or any of these this stuff, it basically just shuts down. Like you can't access it. 
so, so that seems to be the case. I recently saw uh, some information where, um, you know, basically if you're wearing certain type of clothing like polyester and stuff, it lowers your frequency and because it has plastics and but they found like if you wear like linen or wool it raises like up to five thousand and if you read the bible it says something like don't wear oh but if you wear linen and wool together it cancels it out and like in the bible it said something like don't wear linen and wool together and then um it says people wore suits of fine linen and uh you know how they say like uh they made shoes to screw us over because we're supposed to be bonded to the earth and be walking around barefoot maybe if you're wearing polyester shirts it blocks all of this ability that's just something i was uh checking into recently maybe maybe i yeah, there's this guy. I don't know if you know about this. This uh, can try and find a video, but basically, he discovered that if he grounds himself, literally, like he would take these uh, aluminum foils and he would put it under his bed, and then it would connect uh, wire uh, all the way through the window, and he stick it in the ground, and he would sleep on it, and literally his back pain went away. Like, and he was like, "Holy crap! Like, I can literally eliminate a lot of my body's ills." By grounding myself. That's what stuff. that Tartar reason I told you about Tartaria. They were big in the sound technology and these cathedrals and everything and all this shit had bells and fireplaces weren't fireplaces. Like you didn't burn wood in fireplaces. They had these big metal chains that dropped down with these big metal things, and it was like induction heating. So it they were like way more advanced and like people are like using this old Tartarian shit and trying to light fires in fireplaces that weren't even designed for wood. And then we started building fire. So there's all this weird stuff, but it seemed like they were into uh, cymatics and like sound healing as well. And so I find that fascinating and maybe that plays into that. So they went around when they destroyed a lot of this technology, a lot of it was destroyed during the civil war era and stuff like that. But they also went around destroying a lot of these bells, like these big Liberty bell looking things and just bell after bell after bell. And I'm wondering if that had something going on and also how monks chant at like a certain frequency. Could they have found uh, the right frequency or something? And it plays into all this, but very fast. I would say, I would say a resounding yes to all of that because frequency mm-hmm. seems to be the ground of uh, of the way that things interact with each other. Right. So a thing that maybe ten years ago would sound a little bit woo woo at this point it's you know it's irrefutable that frequency at least does something very concrete mm-hmm. to living things and uh, we know you know from experiments that you can actually uh, make people feel a certain way through frequency mm-hmm. and if you can do that then can you also help certain healing processes to take effect. Now we know that just a regular red uh, laser light that you project on your skin does some kind of a healing and that's just a frequency. Yeah, your skin, do, so. do, that's a question I had. Do you have to use a red laser to see this code? You can see it with green and blue so far that I know for sure. What's interesting is that in the green and the blue, you still see code, but it looks a little bit different. It's almost like every part of the spectrum has part of the key. It's, it changes a little bit. So did you hear about the Maui fire? No, tell me. So, um, you okay? So, have you heard about uh, people say directed energy weapons are starting forest fires in California? And, uh, and they, I, they, I they, heard they, this before. Sure. Uh, and you've seen the melted cars and all this, and then so in Maui, Hawaii, they went and burnt out the whole Hawaiian nation, and now they don't even have a treaty with them, basically. And this sounds crazy, but I went and investigated all this, and it looks like they burn them out with directed energy weapons and lasers. And what's fascinating about this, if you research it, all this shit was just burnt to ash. It looked like nine eleven. You know, it was just burnt to nothing in Maui, Hawaii, and um. People were like, or uh, supposedly, like people were petrified to stone. There was like animals, pet, you know, just like weird shit that happened. Um, but all this stuff that was blue, like if they had like a blue umbrella, a blue this, a blue that, and people are speculating these dues, and it showed it like some guy was frying some uh, t-shirts with a blue laser, like a powerful one, and when he hit the blue shirt, it didn't fry it. And so people were speculating like these elites have their roofs painted blue because like all of these houses that had blue roofs survived perfectly. And then everything that was blue, like a blue tarp, a blue this, a blue that, it was perfect. But everything else was like dustified around it. Uh, So I, you know, I thought I'd bring that up because I feel like there's different. If that all stands to be true, then somehow these lasers actually the spectrums of lights 
interact with physical colors in in physical reality as well or something like uh well you know you don't need to go to you know to any conspiracy theory to know that lasers do a thing like they they do a lot you, you we have uh, surgery conducted with lasers so we yeah. know of course we know they do something uh, i have a friend ben joseph who has a great youtube channel and he he takes deep dives into these subjects and this was one of his videos i would highly recommend to check it out mm-hmm. uh i was not convinced you know by i've heard the claims uh, again i i tend to err on the more conservative side on like trying right. to reserve judgment until I know. And I had a conversation, I had been on my podcast and we had the conversation about the subject for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we ended up both understanding and agreeing that, that I don't think there's enough on the table to establish some kind of a, like a play, thing there. But I, you know, I deeply respect Ben and the, the research that he does as well. And yeah, there was some, there's always some signs of fuckery, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I would say that you, if you're really interested, not you personally, but like if anybody's truly interested mm-hmm. in finding out and not just kind of matching a perception they have, okay, then uh, let's let's go ahead and go one one house at a time and find the addresses, find the occupant, like find out if mm-hmm. all the blue houses belong to like rich people or something like that. Things like this, you know, like for example, one of the things that, you know, everybody were talking about the, the car uh the the we the caps on the wheel right yeah on the wheels that melted and then yeah. when i put when i pushed ben on this point he said okay well the truth is i don't really know if it was plastic right i'm like okay so you know and yeah, uh, no, i guess I, my I, point I, is always like what is the point of this it's almost like there's so many other ways so like the thing that i think people are, again i'm not saying yes or no just to be mm-hmm. clear because i don't know enough i do know that ultimately at the moment as it stands without Without Bill Gates putting anything in new vaccines, yeah. without anybody doing anything else outside of what already exists right now, right next to you, through your phone, a lot can be done to mm-hmm. tap everything you're saying, to track you, even if you take the battery out, to maybe even influence your mood through. Some yeah, well, they're the they're phone. hitting you every two seconds with the infrared laser or whatever, right? On, but, right but on the, the phone. I always, I always say, look. In the end of the day, this is to me personally. In the end of the day, all this stuff, a lot of it can be true. I'm not putting it outside of the own possibilities, but I would go crazy if I would just worry myself with that every day. I just try to live my life to the best of my ability and to, you know to my little corner yeah. of the world and if I, and i truly believe that you, and if the universe resonates like you said with 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 a certain frequency the more i stay in the positive frequency to the extent that i can and i help other people and be kind and all this stuff i would assume the universe would correspond with a certain reciprocation of putting me in the universe where these things are not true <laughs> or if it, if it wasn't related and I'm still in the universe uh-huh. in which it is true, then okay, I did my best. Right. You know, but at least I wasn't worrying about it every day. Yeah. Um, now, have you experienced any uh, men in black now that you've discovered this or any crazy shit? Or do you expect anything like that? Nobody showed up. I don't expect if, that. I mean, if, again, I can't know. If but, anything but, happens, contact me right away and come on the show. Uh, you know, because I'd like to it. hear. Yeah, because I'm expecting like, I mean, this is some serious shit, dude. You should kind of like protect yourself a little bit. Um, I feel like you stumble across something like the military is going to want. Uh you know, if they, they don't have it's it all, already. They, they, there's nothing that I have that they need. Uh, the information is out there. Like I said, I do see this mechanism there that is basically pr- like fail proof. If somebody's trying to make it into a weapon, yeah. it will simply shut down. So that that's that that's my you know impression of it. Also, I think that ultimately, I'm not playing the game of like I'm holding. A knowledge no and i will right. only re- release yeah, it right yeah, yeah you're, yeah. you're so, trying to make people aware of it now di- when you see this code we have a couple of minute left or so when you see this code uh are is it is it going too fast to where you can't write it down to trans like to get some it's just like, too much of it that's great question have, you, ever, have who, you tried to film this with any kind of camera or special yes. photography and it doesn't work uh, no, you can't see it without the substance. You can't see it in the film if you if you if you take a video of it and you smoke DMT. You will see it in the video. Oh wow, interesting. That is fascinating. Okay, yeah. well, uh, uh, anything you want to say? Plug your channel. Tell everyone where to find your stuff because they got to see this uh, on your channel. It's absolutely sure. fascinating. Danny Goler, uh, thank you for coming on. Let everyone know where to find find you. Thanks, Shepard. Uh, you can find my YouTube channel, which is Dango Thoughts, three separate words, D-A-N, 
G-O, thoughts. Guys, go check it out. He does excellent work. Come back on the show anytime. If you make any breakthroughs or anything, come update us right away. Uh, Danny, thanks so much. Guys, you're listening to the Shepherd Ambella Show. Airs Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. Support the show. Donate if you can. We'll see you later. Thanks so much. Have a nice day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.